Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Pamela Merritt, also known as Dear Pammy. Pamela started a blog based on her years in cat rescue. She quickly realized that her advice was unconventional and it worked. She started getting fan mail that said, I've had cats for years. Your ideas have deepened my relationship with my cats in a way I didn't think was possible. She has now saved more cats than she ever dreamed she could by empowering people with her tools and ideas. Since the caring capacity of her apartment is her present for rescue cats, she's expanded the Way of Cats blog into a new book, and she plans to launch a video channel. She named her venture Way of Cats because it is based on aligning ourselves with the cat's indelible survival instincts. If we let them have their way, they will be happy, and so will we. Pamela, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Stacey. So I, I feel like I should say Dear Pammy, but I think I'm going to stick with, with Pamela. But we, by the end of the show, I may be at Dear Pammy. I'm, I am not sure. So you <laughs> That's have, quite all right. <laughs> you have a long history working in rescue. So I'm wondering if you could just share with us how you got started and your passion around cats and, and a little bit about your background. Well, I never grew up with cats. I didn't come to cats until like late seventies, early eighties when I married a cat fan and had a home where I could enjoy them. And boy, did I. And plus this was the bad old days when there were no, no kill shelters. You were looked down upon. If you cared about cats, they were somehow a second tier pet. And so the house began to fill because what can you do? You can't walk past a little fleeting little face. And I started learning more about them with my cat mentor, my first husband. And then I started, because there were so many, I started rotating them out and got involved in rescue. And I'm still at it. They uh, are my favorite pet, as it turns out, because I've tried them. I've tried most of them uh, below the size of miniature horses. <laughs> you know, you grow up with kids and they're like, can we get a lizard? Can we get a guinea pig? And I'm like, yes. Is there a rabbit? Okay. But it taught me a lot because I started with dogs and we usually had 200 pounds of dog around the place, two, three dogs at a time. But this also showed me how cats get along with kids and dogs and lizards and so forth. So it was all great. And now I'm sort of like focused on cats moving forward. So you talk about that you sort of had advice that was unconventional and through your Dear Pammy column, you've been able to help people. I'm going to get right to the the point of the matter. What makes your advice so unconventional? Well, before I wrote my book, I was like, market research. What are other people writing about cats? Because when I started, I think there was Cat Fancy Magazine and there was my fellow cat rescuers and there was Carol Wilborn who wrote books about cats, but that was about it. And it was very hard to track 
these books down, in fact, because they weren't something mass-produced. Cats were not known the way cat training is now. Like, dogs, of course you train them, and here's a ton of books in the library about how to housebreak your dog, how to do this, how to do that. Cats were not seen as an animal you could train or influence, so nobody tried. So my recent reading of cat books has, I've discovered that, yeah, cats are now seen as influenced. Cats are now seen as someone you can try to train. But my method jumps up several levels because, A, I see cats as equals. This is not a master owner kind of relationship with my cats. Early on, I saw them as little furry people, and that turned out to be the gateway to their hearts and minds. So when I say cats are an egalitarian relationship, that lays the basis for cat interaction. When I say training is communication, I evoke the fact that if we get a if we do the cat a favor in terms of care then the cat owes us a favor in terms of cooperation and we can't make this magic happen unless we learn how to speak and read cat and then so you use some of these tools as a way to help folks be able to handle behavioral issues that they have in their homes? Is that sort of the the main driver of this information? That's certainly the practical aspect. Like one of my more popular blog posts is called Keeping Cats Off the Kitchen Counters. And you can't. I do. This is something very practical that most people would like to know how to do without the standard method of scaring the cat off the counter every time you see them. They think this will convey, I don't want you on the counter. But what they're actually conveying is, oh, my human gets upset when they see me on the counter, so then they won't see me on the counter. All you have now is little kitty footprints where you don't want them. The other thing you're doing with this poor technique is teaching the cat that you are unpredictably scary. This means you won't see the cat on the kitchen counters, but you also won't get all the cuddles you need and want. So they develop a a fear relationship from you with, with regards to that behavior. Right. It's, I'm not, it's, it's like negative reinforcement or aversion Mm -hmm. when you predictably become crazy and scary when the cat does something that they don't you don't want them to do, but see the cat is not thinking situationally. They do not associate the kitchen counters with your weird behavior. Right. So how would you recommend coming from you? Well, the way I handle kitchen counters is first of all, to let people understand the cat's view of territory means they need territory in every room. They love the kitchen. It's where the food happens. It's where they love to hang out and watch us do interesting things with food. So the first step is, if you don't want them on the counters, you have to give them a spot. I always capitalize spot. The spot is sacred. You give them a spot for them to be in. Like in my little kitchen, 
I have a bar stool, and that is the cat's spot. Mm-hmm. Tristan, my lively Siamese mix, loves to watch me do things. So if he sits in his spot, he can stay in his spot and be with me. Yeah. We have a cat tree right by the window that's right, actually right next to our kitchen counter where my cat will, he'll sit in the window with the window open. And then, you know, while I'm puttering around the kitchen, he'll just sit right there. Exactly. And this illustrates how a lot of cat appreciators, that's my phrase for people who love cats, we appreciate them, people. Cat appreciators instinctively understand all these things. By following my first cat mentor, my first husband, I learned a lot of these things simply by watching him interact with the cats. I saw rescue people use some of these things to soothe a frightened cat and explain their behavior. But one of the things that got me started was that this was not something people could really explain to others very well. Cat appreciation needed a system. And that's where I come in. We're proud to be an affiliate of Space Kitty Express, makers of handmade refillable catnip alternative cat toys. Think Valerian, Silver Vine, Honeysuckle, etc. for the discerning cat who wants to try something new or doesn't respond to catnip. You can even get 10% off your purchase at Space Kitty Express by using the code COMMUNITYCATS at checkout. Help your kitty blast off today with some new toys from www.spacekittyexpress.com. Did you miss the 2018 online cat conference that we held in January? Or would you like to share some of the conference webinars with friends? You can now purchase the presentations and share them with colleagues and friends. Just visit our recordings page, which is under the resources tab, to access webinars from some of the leading personalities in feline welfare today. They're sure to give you and your cat-loving friends great ideas on ways to help even more cats. Check it out at www.communitycatspodcast.com. You have a, a new ebook out, and in that ebook, you cover some tips for folks to use in their in their homes. Absolutely, I explain how to speak and read cat. I explain what the cat is thinking with several common challenges, like the, the kitchen counters. Like a lot of people feed the cats on the counters because they don't want the dogs and toddlers to get into the food. But what you're doing then is giving the cat the counter. Mm -hmm. They don't know where their territory is supposed to end and your territory is supposed to begin. So if you, if you must feed the cat on the counter, you have to block out their section with like a row of canisters or an actual barrier. And then you can play the valuable technique I call yours and mine. So creating separate spaces. Right, because cats are extremely territorial Mm -hmm. in terms of understanding their space. It's three-dimensional. It's multisensorial. If they can sense it, that's their territory. And they have to at least monitor it and understand it and have a place to hang out, just like they need a place to hang out and scratch in the room. Like a lot of people will take a scratching post and stick it in the basement and they're like, the cat never uses the scratching post. Well, the point of the scratching post, one of them, is for a cat to claim territory. 
They don't want to claim the basement. You're not claiming the basement. Right. And actually in my house, I have two cats and I definitely, my cats have different territories and one cat has one area and the other cat has another area and they're relatively respectful of each other in their, in their separate spaces. Right. And cats have different needs regarding this as well. Highly social cats, like my part-Siamese Tristan, is a friend to everybody. <laughs> he, he, all territory is his territory and he's happy to share. While probably the most territorial is our long-haired Norwegian forest mix, Torty Olwyn, who not only regards everything as her territory, but she's a torty, so she has to make sure everybody is doing things right. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have individual territories. All four of my cats share, but they express it in different ways. Mm-hmm. What about uh, vertical? Are more are some of your cats uh, more on like kept on higher levels and then other lower levels? Yes, we have floor to ceiling cat trees in some designated spots because that way the cats share the cat trees. Like one likes on top, one likes the middle, one likes the lower one. Now this cat tree is working for all four cats who use different areas of it. And that was another radical thing I came up with is the concept of the three cat types. There's alpha, there's beta, there's gamma. And this is not like the alpha dog, which turns out the alpha dog isn't what we thought anyway. Wolves are a lot more cooperative than the alpha dog theory held. So in my case, alpha cats tend to be long and lean and high energy and very paws on. Alpha cats want to control the environment. Beta cats, which is probably two thirds of the cats, are mellow and laid back and very social because they work the levers of their humans to manage their environment. And then gamma cats, a lot of Persian influence here, are detail-oriented. And they don't know they can manage the environment. Mm. So with a gamma cat, you have to be their advocate. You have to keep checking in on them to make sure they're getting what they need and they're happy and then they're thrilled you cared and that you're showing this overt wanting to take care of them vibe. Tristan, who's pretty alpha, will just go and try to fix whatever it is himself. And then when it screws up, he comes to me like, I need help. <laughs> but it's certainly, it, you know, doing it himself is always going to be his first impulse. So by understanding the cat types, and understanding the cat breeds that go into the cat types, I also cover this in my book very extensively because it's key to choosing. Once you know the cat types and once you know what kind of cat you like, you can go to the shelter and pick your dream cat. So then the title of the book is The Way of Cats, and it's how to use their instincts to train, understand, and love them. If folks are interested in checking out the book, where would they find it? Right now, it's exclusively on Amazon Kindle, and I am working on the paperback version. Fantastic. So right now, if you're, if you're sitting in your car waiting to get that last cat in the trap, it's a great thing to, to read on your phone while you're sitting there. I'm always thinking of ways for folks to entertain themselves while they're waiting for that last cat. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm quite familiar. And this is, I designed it to be a 
a book you would enjoy reading all the way through, but it is also searchable being an ebook with internal links and a cat glossary at the back. So I do see it as a handy resource for a lot of situations. And also, I notice on your website, you do send out a weekly newsletter. What sort of things do you put in that? Well, I have the week's feeds. So people who would like to uh, follow me that way have a handy way of getting the feeds. I put in uh, the latest news of what is going on, my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, all is way of cats. And I usually do a little essay about where we're at because I've been in the unique position to see cats grow out of that little, well, if you have to have a cat, I suppose it's all right. But as long as it's only one and as long as you don't enjoy it, mindset. To now, total cat domination of the interset, internet. They ride Roombas. They do cute <laughs> things. They show they love people. Because without the internet, nobody would know that except us cat appreciators. Mm. And when we said, oh, no, cats are cooperative and affectionate, no one believed us. But I think now we have more cats in homes than we have dogs. Or we're close. Yes, cats have moved to total world domination. Fortunately, we're all friends with them, and we'll be all right. Pamela, I have one one final question before we close out. Um, you've been in the rescue world for quite a long time. I would say in the years that I've been involved, 20-plus years, a lot has changed for cats in shelters, uh, in our communities, community cats. How has it changed for you over the last... 15 odd years? Well, first of all, the rise of no-kill shelters and the enlightened shelters that rescue cats and then put them in a position to move on to a new home has just exploded. And it does my heart so much good. Where I am right now in the Northeast, there's, there's some trouble spots. New York City breaks my heart. But for the most part, there are resources that don't just throw the cat out in the street and hope someone like you or me comes along to help take care of them. It's organized. It's visible. It's pushing for declawing bans. We've really grown up politically, I think, along with the rest of the humane animal movement. And that's the hugest thing. I mean, I wound up filling my house with cats because they had nowhere else to go. And I developed a subspecialty of finding the right cat for the right person. I moved it on to seniors, people with some kind of mobility or intellectual challenge. That was like my specialty. And cats are fantastic for that. Because what they really want is minimal care, they're low maintenance, and at the same time, they're extremely interactive and affectionate. I've also seen cats recognized as therapy animals, especially for emotional and PTSD purposes, and also in the autism community, for people on the spectrum who find a cat to be a very compatible companion animal. And all of these things have happened in ever since I started rescuing cats. I just, it's like a lot of my dreams have come true. It's very emotional for me. Yeah, I think it's just fantastic what has happened over the last 20 odd years. 
for cats in general. And, and we're learning more every day. Um, but it's just been tr a tremendous ride. Um, and I just can't wait to see what happens over the next 10, 20 years. Oh, I agree. And one more thing um, that is part of my mission is that I see the eradication of cat prejudice to be a feminist issue. And that's another area that has grown tremendously since I've been involved in it my whole life. Inadvertently, I'm a woman. But cats were seen as feminine and thus denigrated. That's why we have crazy cat ladies. We don't have crazy cat men, because if a man does it, it's fine. Right. And so that, I think, is another way where cats are part of, of any humanitarian movement as an example of what happens when you don't look clearly at whoever you're trying to be prejudiced against. So, as Pamela, if folks are interested in finding out more about your book and your blog and your newsletter, how can they find you? I'm at wayofcats.com. Uh, backslash blog will lead you right to the blog, which is the liveliest part of the site, of course. I have social media under Way of Cats, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. I have an author page on Amazon.com, Pamela Merritt, two R's, two T's. And I also have my Dear Pammy cat advice column which uh, I've been at it for a while. I'm pretty prominent in search engines, way of cats, dear Pammy, that will get you wherever you need to go. Excellent. Excellent. So Pamela, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Be proud of loving cats. <laughs> I think that's, that's fantastic. It's a tremendous idea and we should all be proud. I think you've got some fantastic ideas swirling around. I'll be very interested to read what your future blogs say. And I want to thank you so much, Pamela, for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I would love that, Stacey. And likewise, this has been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 